0: Listening to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit the PinesChurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church Online Experience. My name is Matt Joy. I am the lead pastor here, and I am so excited that you carved out 25, 30 minutes and change uh, to study God's word with us. For those of you that may be joining for the very first time, we're in the middle of a series. Uh, titled, Who are the People in Your Neighborhood? And we opened up on Mother's Day with motherhood because there there ain't no hood like motherhood, right? And then we dove into servanthood. And then last week we focused in on priesthood. The Bible literally says that we are a royal priesthood, although many people wouldn't see themselves as such. And today we're going to be focusing on actually two hoods, and that is brotherhood And sisterhood, because there's so many truths that are representative both in sisterhood and brotherhood that I felt like we should just hit this um, one stone, two birds kind of thing. So to kick this off, I want to start with a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, and he said, "We must learn to live together as brothers, or perish together as fools." And that's such a powerful truth that we have to. Learn first and foremost how to live together. Uh, I grew up with a brother. I'm raising four boys. And that's not something that's just intrinsic in us. Of course, the very first murder that was recorded were two brothers, the sons of Adam and Eve, all the way back at the very beginning. And so we have to learn to be brothers. So there's insight and there's truth in God's word that's going to help us love our brothers, encourage our brothers, champion our brothers on. And the same is true of sisters. Uh, we must learn how to be sisters. Not me because I'm not a sister, but you understand the logic of where I'm going. This is such an important concept because in the Bible, a lot of times we focus on community in the church and community is so, so important. But when we become adopted into the family of god we are no longer friends but we are now brothers and sisters because we are sons and daughters of god and so we must understand that the kingdom of heaven advances through relationship and jesus modeled relationship better than anyone and so we can't fall into this um The the monk or the mystic that lures us with a carrot stick of isolation type lifestyle to get close to God. Because there's a lot of books on that. There are whole religions dedicated to that. That in order to get close to God, you have to... You know, get rid of all of your belongings and hike up on top of a mountain and bang a cymbal every five hours and not utter a word. And that's simply not true. Now, there are periods where Jesus himself got alone so that he could spend time with his heavenly father. And certainly we need to learn to do a better job of that. But the point that I'm trying to communicate is that, yes, we must be in community with one another, but beyond that, we have to live as a family and truly view other believers as brothers and sisters. Um, 1 Peter 2.17 says, love the brotherhood, okay? And you can easily put in sisterhood as well. Love the brotherhood, love the sisterhood. Hebrews 3, 13 through 14, and I want to camp out here for just a minute, says this, But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end." What does exhort mean? Exhort is literally defined as strongly encouraged. And if you break down that word encourage, so what does encourage mean? You can keep on trailing all these words. It literally means to infuse with strength or even to infuse with courage. So we have a responsibility to those that are inside of our sphere, even those that are called family, to encourage them to pursue everything that God placed inside of their hearts. And that also means that we need that encouragement. Remember, God told Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. So that shows us that encouragement is repetitive. But we live in a a culture of discouragement, right? Right. If you turn on the news, you'll quickly see criticism, contempt, critique, and correction. It's almost the native language of a fallen world. We use our words to tear people down instead of build them up, to denigrate one another. But as a believer, we have a responsibility to use our words to speak life, especially in the family of God, our brothers and our sisters. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, this is a warning, okay, that the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the brother who loves those around them will create community. And so this is such a powerful quote because I think sometimes we have this romanticized idealistic idea of what community, what brotherhood, what sisterhood should look like. So our expectation is here. And the minute that people don't meet that expectation, maybe they only register here, okay, we're offended like that much because you didn't hit the mark. And that's why Expectations can be so dangerous, especially when we put them on one another. And so we must look to a biblical definition of community. We must look to a biblical definition of family and what that looks like. The Bible goes on to say in Proverbs 27 17, speaking of brotherhood and speaking of sisterhood, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another and you could easily say one woman sharpens another woman. Well we love that quote and we love to run out to Hobby Lobby and get it on a frame and and slap it in our living room and maybe even tattoo it across our back but have you ever taken the time to actually think about what iron sharpening iron looks like? okay? You're literally reshaping a blade. You're taking the jagged edges off. There is friction, okay? There are sparks flying. Why? Because you are losing part of the blade. So in a relationship between a brother, there are things that I am bringing to the table, blind spots, bad habits, the weeds of lies that have allowed to take root inside of my heart that need to be plugged up, plucked up or need to be shaved off. And so as my brother comes into relationship with me, there's going to be friction as we work alongside one another. but if we lean into that friction and we know that we're protected with through the bond of love, I'm not outing out of this relationship the minute that you say something I disagree with but I'm committed with you the way that we're committed with a family member, we're going to stick through we're going to both mature and grow and benefit as a result of being in that brotherly bond or that sisterly bond think about it you know you can say whatever you want to your brothers but the minute somebody else says something about them then you got a problem with it right and so we in the church must view the men that God has surrounded us with as brothers. And you know what? The guy that you have the biggest problem with may be the guy that you need to be the closest with because he's smoothing out some of those rough edges on you. And maybe, just maybe, you're smoothing out some of the rough uh, image or rough parts on him. All right. Um, so. We have a responsibility to do that, and we must understand that God will use us to change lives, but he will also use those lives to change us. And so that happens. We mature in relationship with one another. And sometimes that maturity, it stings, okay? Proverbs 27.6 says this, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And we know, you know, he's. this is a foreshadowing of the kiss from Judas who betrayed Jesus in the garden. But wounds from a friend can be trusted. So there are gonna be times that our friends, that our brothers might highlight something, a bad behavior, a bad habit, a weed of a lie that took root inside of our hearts that may sting and may hurt. But it's better to have those people in your life that are willing to call out those things in truth and in love than somebody that's constantly just whispering in your ear what you want to hear, but their motive really is to deceive you. So brotherhood and sisterhood, they call forth both our strengths and our weaknesses. So we were kind of Through that scripture, we were kind of highlighting some of the weaknesses. There's some areas that we were rough in that we need to grow in, but it's also a responsibility uh, to call out those things to grow and to champion the things that God has placed inside of our heart. Hebrews 10.24 says this, and this is such a powerful scripture. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. I want to stop right there. As you just, "Ah, I'm going to skip church this weekend, or "Ah, I'm just going to skip small group this weekend. Those little choices begin through compound interest to grow into a big snowball. And before you know it, you've created the habit of forsaking the assembling of the saints. You've created the habit of neglecting to meet together with your brothers. And intentionally or unintentionally, you have become an island unto yourself. It's the small decisions that lead up to the big consequences in life. So just understand that little decisions can equal habits. Okay, but he goes on to say, as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. So we need to encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day drawing near, what day? The day of Jesus's return. Now, you have to be spiritually blind to not see that the book of Revelation is literally unfolding right before our eyes. These are not new problems, for the Bible warned us that we would see such a day, that children would rebel against parents, that there would be famine, that there would be war and rumors of war, that people would invent new ways of doing evil. And all you have to do is turn on the news, doesn't matter what channel, and you'll see it unfolding right in front of your eyes. So This is a charge to us all the more that we cannot neglect these words. We cannot neglect getting together. In fact, we have to double down on being in relationship with one another so that we're not deceived, so that um, we don't miss out on the good works that have been set before us. See, we can draw the best out of one another, and we can also draw the worst out of one another. And that is a true statement of both brothers and sisters. And so we have to be aware that that is a possibility. And so to be a brother and to be a sister, to be a good brother and to be a good sister, it requires humility. Humility, transparency, and honesty. You have to be honest about what you're thinking, you have to be honest about what you're feeling, and you have to rest in the assurance of knowing that you're in this brotherly bond. That when you open up and you bear what you're going through, that the other person isn't going to run away. There has to be a commitment to one another. True community, or true brotherhood and sisterhood, um, creates safety. A safety where I can be transparent with the things that I'm struggle, struggling with. That may just be thoughts, but we can deal with those thoughts, get them out on the table so that they don't turn into full-blown sin or walking in those things, okay? There's a, there's an epidemic in the body of Christ of, of plastering on a fake smile and pretending that we have it all figured out and projecting an image of what we believe others want to see. The problem with that is that we're never honest, we're never humble enough to admit when we're struggling in an area, and so we hold it back in the darkness, behind a closed door where the enemy can wreak havoc and what started out as an impulse or a thought is now full-blown sin because we were more interested in projecting our image that everything was okay than humbling ourselves to be honest so that our brothers and sisters can come to the table and encourage us through these things with Scripture and remind us of what the Word of God says about us. You know, isolation may be easier at times. It may be easy in the moment to run from your problems, but it will never, and it has never, yielded or produced any good fruit. And you can study all the heroes of the faith. You can study all the heroes of our of our country. Isolation is is not what we were meant to live in. In fact, that's the enemy's number one destination for you, is to isolate you from the herd so that you can be his meat on his table. And so there is protection in the brotherhood, in the sisterhood. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 20, for where there are two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We must commit to being in relationship with one another. Again, uh, John 15, 13, no greater love than this than he who lays his life down for his brother. We lay our lives down by being in relationship because sometimes at the end of the day, we just feel like vegging out Netflix and chill. But instead we say, no, I'm going to make a commitment to being in relationship with my brother. So I'm going to show up at their house. I'm going to help them with this. I'm going to show up at that small group. There's a commitment there. Proverbs 18.24 says this, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And I know that this is specifically talking about friends, but you could also take this same logic and apply it to being a brother. If you want brothers, then you first and foremost must be a brother, okay? You must treat others the way that you want to be treated. This is like something I, I just pound into my kids each and every single day because it's like the hardest concept for them to get but you know what as i counsel adults it's the same truth that eludes them that we must treat others our wives our husbands our brothers our co-workers our boss this our children the same way that we want to be treated and so we have a responsibility to lead by example and when we do that It opens the door for them to reciprocate that back to us. But somebody has to be the initiator. So to have friends, to have brothers, you must be a friend and you must be a brother. Now, I want to share this story and I'm going to kind of camp out here for the rest. This is in Mark 2, 3 through 12. And I think this is the the perfect illustration of brotherhood. Um Jesus is going from town to town and I'm going to give you like the reader's digest version, the cliff notes version, which is how I passed high school. So, um, so the cliff notes version is Jesus is going from these different cities and he's preaching and teaching and healing the sick and word is getting out without any internet. People are talking grassroots level, like people are finding out about this Jesus guy. And so there were these group of brothers, right? These friends, they were close, they were tight, and one of them Couldn't walk. And so they heard that Jesus was coming to this village and they're like, we got to get to this village. So, but they had to carry him because he couldn't walk. So he was on this stretcher and these brothers, these boys, they're tight, they carried him all the way. But when they got there, Jesus was in this in in this house, right? But the house was surrounded, like a huge block party, okay? And there's no way, so here they are, and there's people as far, you know, so many people, you could barely see the house, and they know that Jesus was in the house, and they're thinking, we're carrying a friend, how the heck are we gonna get in there? And they could've easily said, look, we tried, we made a good effort, but this is not going to happen. We'll just wait until the the concert tours come out next week and maybe we can get another one in. They said, no, 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 no. We traveled all this way. Our friend needs a healing. This man can heal our friend. We're going to find a way. So somehow, I want you to think about this. They maneuvered their way through that crowd, carrying their friend They must have been exhausted, especially after traveling all that way. But they weren't going to take no for an answer. And so they worked their way. But when they got, they they could make a little room. But when they got to the house, there was no way. The house was so packed that there's no way they're going to be able to get through it. Again, they could have easily thrown in the towel and said, look, we made it here. We even pushed through the crowds. It's impossible. We're not going to get in there. But they said, no, 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 no. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And they said, let's climb the house. So I want you to think about this. These crazy brothers, okay, because they loved their brother, they loved their friend, and there's no way they're going to take no for an answer. They climbed this house, possibly um, risking getting in trouble, because I don't know what the law of the land was, but I know that I can't just be jumping on some dude's house, okay? And then even further, what they go on to do. But they get up there, and somehow they get the man up there too. So they carry their friend. You ever tried to carry, maybe the guy weighs like 160 pounds? That's a lot of weight. And to bring him and to carry him onto a roof it's probably like the first crowd surfer, okay? And then they got him up there, and they carried him on the roof, right? And then they're like, good, we're on the roof. What are we gonna do? Break it up. Make a hole. So they just start ripping up the roof. They make a hole and somehow in the middle of Jesus preaching in a packed out room, they lower their friend down. And the Bible says, you know, there's an exchange between Jesus and the Pharisees. But the essential point is that when Jesus saw their faith, that man was healed. And the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. And so what's the point of the story, Matt? Why did you share that? Yes, you have faith for you, your wife, and your children, but does your faith extend to your brothers? Are you praying and interceding and encouraging and championing with faith for those that are around you? Are you threatened by their success. And if you are, that's okay. Be on- It's not okay, but be honest with yourself. Repent of that heart posture. Embrace the truth of God's word. That's what he's done for one, he will do for another, for he is no respecter of persons. So instead of withholding Praise and encouragement. Be the one that leads by example in encouraging and praying for those brothers that are in your life or those sisters that are in your life. Lead the way in this charge and you will find yourself surrounded with other brothers and sisters that will do the same for you. Let it be said of us that Jesus looked down in central Maine and saw their faith and moved mightily in our land. That is my heart's cry for the Pines Church and for all of the churches in this region as we link hands, and that really is the clue of it, where there is unity. God commands his blessing. We can't say, well, this is my church, and I hope we see success, and I hope the other church doesn't. That is so anti-gospel. That is so anti-Christ. It's destructive, It's divisive and it's a lie from the enemy. We should be linking hands, working alongside, championing and encouraging our brothers and sisters in the faith so that God looks down and says, great is their faith and moves on our behalf. Man, I amp myself up. That's so freaking good. Those are the kind of friends that I want in my life, and I want to be that kind of friend to those in my life. And it requires me, okay? It requires me to send messages when the Lord puts them out right on my heart. And it requires me to send scripture to 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 reach outside of my bubble, right? To encourage those around me. Okay. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. If you are in a sphere of community and you don't find people doing this for one another, you may need to seriously rethink the community that you're in. Because you can, I can tell you your future by looking at the people that you spend your time with. So be a person that's going to challenge those that are around you, that's going to champion those that are around you. John 13, 34 says this, A new commandment I give you, Jesus' words, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, all people, what people? All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mother Teresa said this, what's the bi- when asked, what's the biggest problem in the world today? So here's Mother Teresa. She's going, using her whole life. She's pouring it out like a drink offering, just serving those that most people wouldn't even want to be around. And she's pouring out her life to serve these people. And they came up to Mother Teresa and they said, and they asked her this question, what's the biggest problem in the world today? And she replied with this, lean into this. We draw the circle of our family too small. We need to draw it larger every day. Our unity is a witness to others. So I'm going to end with this from John 17:20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe me in through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, our brotherly connection, our sisterly connection, our unity inside of the church means a whole lot more than we've been taught. Those are Jesus's words. And he goes on to say, I have given them the glory that you gave me That they may be one as we are one, I in them, and you, I me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. It's cheap to say that we love God and that love doesn't cost us anything more than coming to church on a Sunday morning. Because Christ paid it all. He laid his life down for everyone that was around him. And we have a responsibility to go and do likewise, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be ambassadors of Christ, cheering and championing one another on. That is how true brothers in the faith must live. And that is how true sisters in the faith must live. Not in competition with one another, but in unity and the bible says where there is unity god commands his blessing i want to pray for you dear heavenly father i thank you for everybody that's listening that's watching this i pray that you would give them a picture of those men and women in their life that you've called them to do life alongside and that you would help them uh, to kind of smooth out the rough edges in their life to have the humility to have their blind spots Uh, brought up to them and to respond in love. And I just pray that they would grow deeper in their relationships and that that love would point people to you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being with us. I can't wait to see you next week. Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep The Main Thing, The Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by The Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.